0: Howdy. Welcome to another edition of Rolling the Bones Around the Cage with Grizzly and Gumshoe Val. How's everybody doing this evening? What's going Hello. on, Val? How you Hello, doing? Gris.
1: Hello, Grizz. Hello, Grizz from Cloudy Detroit, Michigan. Cold Detroit, That's Michigan. Right.
0: Welcome, Adventures in Harlem with Jimmy B. Howdy, howdy. How you doing? Welcome to another edition. We have some lineup tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Absolutely. So how's everybody's weekend been? So yeah. so what's going
1: on with you, Val? Well, I hear oh, we brother. have a uh, I hear we have an excellent uh, guest today. And, yeah, um, so what
0: well, tell me about this guest.
1: I'm pretty excited about it. You know, MK is a friend of mine, and I followed him for some time. And the guy's background is 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 an elite background. You look at his background. this is an expert computer man. He's highly educated. Uh, he's 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 a uh, he's the ultimate Bigfoot enthusiast, and I think he's got he's got what it takes that people take notice of when he puts out a video. People sit back and take notice of it, and they wow. discuss it a lot. But uh, he's going to be with us today, and I understand that uh, MK will will uh, only be with us for thirty minutes. Oh, in which well, case? We better
0: bring them on then. We Let's have uh,
1: we have Mark Daniels coming in from Texas. Uh,
0: okay, MK Davis, a- welcome to the show. Hello, welcome. Hello, all about you. Yeah, thanks welcome. for having me
2: on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, welcome to rolling the bones around the cage with Grizzly and Gumshoe Bow.
1: So, uh, MK, MK can ahead. you can you share uh, a real quick? Uh, Bio of yourself, uh, where you come from, what your background is, and what keeps you motivated.
2: Well, uh, my my background uh, in bigfooting is I kind of backed into it uh, through an interest in astronomy. uh, Oddly enough, Uh, I I became interested in astrophotography, and I had uh, had set myself up to to do that, and I had learned quite a bit about film and uh, and how to get the most out of film how to choose the right films uh that type of thing and then one day i saw uh, a couple of frames from the patterson film and they had uh, been treated much the way you would an astro photo, and it caught my attention and they were they were superior frames i mean they were fantastic and, and I knew that they could not have come from any of the copies that I'd seen on television, that somewhere there was a better copy. And uh, I, I just began an inquiry. I'm a curious person. Uh, so it, one thing led to another and I ended up going up to, uh, going up to Oregon, uh, to the Western Bigfoot Society conference up there. And I met some people there uh who helped me to get more frames and and so I began this Odyssey of collecting frames from the closer to the original film and when I got them all and then I put them through the a processing that that would make sharpen them up and then I took the hand motions out of the that's in the camera you know from running and shooting yes. And then one night, about two o'clock in the morning, I hit preview, and my jaw dropped. It really, was, it was so much detail. Yeah. Uh, the the musculature, the, the biomechanics were there. the The kind that you see every day in life, uh, when you see the human body and the human anatomy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see muscles moving, back muscles moving, that type of thing. Uh, well, then, then the question became, you know, what is the nature of it? You know, I no longer questioned whether it was real after that moment, but I was became interested in what the nature of it was. So it began just an odyssey uh, that has led me to this very moment.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like you got your start there, and it was at that moment that you realized that this is not a myth. This is not something made up. It's for real. How did that realization strike you, MK?
2: Well, uh, a sense of importance came over me because it's it's tongue in cheek until mm-hmm. that moment exactly, mm-hmm. and, and and from that moment on, you know that it's important. Mm-hmm. No one has to tell you that this is something real, really special.
1: I had a difficult time uh, w- during my sighting back in um, Michigan, 2014. And um, it was one of those what the F moment kind of things, MK, where I seen this and my mind wasn't ready to grasp this this thing as it was happening in front of my face. And, um, it took me a while to get back out there in the woods after, after seeing this. And, um, it was at that moment that I realized this is what people, people are, are seeing. This is what people are talking about. And it's, it's a for real thing. It's not a, it's not a, uh, make-believe. It's not a, it's not a myth. But a live, living, breathing creature. Creature. So, it was. Not yeah, cool.
0: yeah. I mean, this is this is what everybody talks about, ladies and gentlemen. You're and you know, Val, you're not alone. And and people actually talk about this on a regular basis. How how it actually affects them.
2: Well, it's it's uh, it it they it, it just so happened that they they. Kind of got the right guy when it got me, because I'm just hard headed enough <laughs> to stay on it. You know, uh, it, it, there are times when you get very discouraged, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're you're. It's a subject where you know the the high points don't come by that often. You know, but when they do, it, it's exhilarating.
1: You know, back in March two 213- thirteen. Uh, 2013, when I seen that video that you put out uh, relative to the black and white Sasquatch fighting each other on video, do you recall that that uh, oh, yeah. video? Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you about, uh, MK, what is your opinion of Bigfoots themselves being a warring a warring creature? Have you heard that before? I have, as a data miner researcher. Um, I but- can tell you what the lady who owned the place
2: mm-hmm. told me. She said there are two kinds there on the place. And they one kind looks like more of an apish look to it. And he said the other kind, if you put some clothes on it, you might could get on the bus with it and no one pay attention to you.
0: Really? That's crazy. Now that yeah. is crazy. <laughs> creepy.
2: <laughs> and, and she said that they, they did not like each other and they fought.
0: Wow. Now, MK, now I am going to play uh, a sh- short little video and I want you to narrate this for the ladies and gentlemen out here, okay? To let them know what you are talking about, right? Uh, because uh, this is very important, right? So, you know what this video is. And there is uh, the picture we're talking about. Remember this video? Oh yeah. So I'm just gonna play just a few seconds of it, and I just want you to just talk about it. Just okay. Let me blow it up on my end, so this way people can understand. Uh, I'm going unmute it and hit play. This is the Patterson Gimlin film, which he shows to his anatomy students.
2: I'm also including some
0: stabilized footage from a Reddit user that helps illustrate Jeff's point.
3: Say, all right, I want you to point out as many landmarks of surface anatomy and muscle masses that you can identify. And they start at the head and they can see the trapezius, they can see the deltoid, they can see the lateral and long heads of the triceps.
0: You can see the erector spinae down the back. You can see the shoulder blades moving under the skin. I mean, just go on and on from top to bottom. I mean, you can pick out all these features, none of which don't show up in <clears throat> a cheap off-the-shelf costume. Costume menu. So, you know, that's what sold me, right? And not only that, but what you have done as well. I mean, I mean, is that not correct?
2: What, uh, the, the, the muscles moving? Yeah, I've got better footage than that. I know. Yeah,
0: you do have better footage. I I mean, I don't have it with me. I mean, I'm just using that as an example, though.
2: Yeah, it's 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 uh it's hard to to deny. Mm -hmm. You know, you see it every day in life, and uh, you know it's it's uh to, to imagine that anyone would construct a suit that would mimic all of those muscles in concert hmm Uh just, just can't happen. Mm-hmm.
0: No, now, ladies and gentlemen, if you actually watch that video a little further, it actually shows Planet of the Apes, uh, the movie back then, and it would show the comparison of the costumes they have in comparison to that film. And there is no way, no way, comparison at all, what was filmed and what the TV production crew has actually fabricated. So I just want to mention
2: something regarding that. Yes, sir. Um, A good friend of mine, she's passed away now, but uh, she, her name was Bobby Short. Oh yeah. Bobby Short found John Chambers, the the makeup guy who (laughs) won the Academy Award for Planet of the Apes. And she found him in a nursing home. And she arranged for an interview, and she asked him about it. And he says, "He says there's no way I could create anything like that." He says, "But when people people gave me credit for it, I didn't deny it. Oh wow! Because it was good for business." Mm-hmm. So that's what he told her.
1: Oh, makes sense, and, and I might I might add, MK that and Chris, uh, Bobby Short, at the, for the time that she lived, she was very very well well respected for what she knew and who she knew, involved in the big, bigfoot world, bigfoot community, very well respected person. She wrote some beautiful stuff. I learned a lot from her stuff. Yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff and still refer to it you know off and on i'll go back and refer to her stuff but uh, back to that video that the 2013 video mk what impressed me most about that video was not only the fact that these two creatures the black the white were fighting they were tussling out there but this all this all ends when a gargantuan steps in the middle of this i my question to you is have you ever estimated the height of that big creature that stepped into the uh, fray to break this up? I'm guessing about 12 feet. Wow. Serious.
2: I'm serious because I and, stood right in that spot.
1: And, and if I'm not mistaken, if i seen the video correctly, there was a barn or something in the background. Do we know the measurement of the eave of the roof of that barn to the ground?
2: Well it was it was on a, the slope of a hill. Okay. It it varied, but I think that probably the shortest was about nine feet. Mm-hmm. It was in the front.
1: Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's massive. That is it, massive. It
2: towered above it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh when I stood there I got someone else to to, to take my picture there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was just a little bitty thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, uh, it, it's it's uh, that it's it's sobering mm-hmm. when you realize what you're seeing there. You know, something that's really <laughs> out of the bounds of of a, of a human being uh, that we've never seen a human being, no, normal human being that was anything close to that. Eight eight feet, I think Robert Wadlow was eight feet something, but he wasn't that tall.
1: No, so people ask where. How come more people don't see these twelve footers or or fourteen footers or fifteen footers?
2: Uh, the lady told me that he wasn't even from around there. Mm-hmm. He was a, a sojourner. He mm-hmm. he he kind of came and went, mm-hmm. and she suspected that he came from up in north of there from up into the mountains mm-hmm. um, he didn't show up until that they had gotten these others kind of acclimated where they were hanging around and then he he showed start showing up um, and they didn't want any part of those ones that were fighting they took off mm-hmm. they, they, he busted them up mm-hmm uh, I don't know if that was his intention or not but they ran and he he turns around and then the thing ends mm-hmm. battery or something now yeah. if
0: if we can uh sir if we could just recap what we're talking about we have a lot of people coming in and if we can just recap what what we're talking about and then bring them up to speed uh because i know they got a lot of questions that's going to be popping.
2: Yeah, uh, they're t- we're talking about East Texas. Uh, there's a kind of a I, I hesitate to use the word habituation because I really don't think that that's what they were trying to do. The, the, the researchers there, I th- I think they were doing out of curiosity, anything that would make them have a, a reaction. If it was food, that's fine. They tried hanging different colored items in the trees. They uh, just uh, they put out a soft futon for hoping they would lay on it. It was just things they tried. And and then they, they did the same thing with the cameras. They didn't get success at first, but gradually over time they realized what they could do with the cameras. And they had their some of their best stuff they filmed into a mirror mm-hmm. because the these things had figured out which side of the camera was the business in. And, and, uh, I get make, maybe they maybe saw they, the lot the infrared light. I don't know, but when they, they filmed into the mirror, all the action was going on behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they began to pick up some good, pretty good stuff. So that, that's just, that's just using savvy, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, paying attention and and trying to overcome or, Work around a problem
1: mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty pretty smart i've, I've been through over one hundred and thirty eight thousand reports. I read, I analyze I look for uh, confluences and connections to anomala, uh, anomalies within reports for patterns and i've never that uh, I remember that i recall I never found a report uh researchers using mirrors in such a manner it is very ingenious to think about it
2: well it's a kind of a low tech solution mm-hmm. you know uh to a, a problem that it's it did the, it did the trick uh and they continued until one day uh the big the i guess the bigfoot did it they, they found their mirrors shattered mhm
1: so these aren't these aren't dumb animals. These aren't dumb dumb creatures.
2: I, I, I assume they they must not be. Uh, wow! It, it, if
1: the
2: if the ones that I have had experience with are dumb, then I'm dumb. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow! An- an- another video that really took me uh, for a loop was the uh, the uh, slalom skiers at uh, Yellowstone Park that video you made of the, uh, the creatures, the individuals, uh, approaching Buffalo bison. Had we ever, have you ever, uh, come to a conclusion on that? Uh,
2: no, no, I, I've watched it. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's often the distance when you blow it up, they just become, you know, just a uh, fuzzed, fuzzed out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: uh I, I would like to see it in a clearer way you know i uh its it's uh to, you know just to know that that it wasn't something else uh, a grizzly bear walking on his hind feet or something you know mm-hmm. uh i and probably it, it's probably what he says it is but mm-hmm. uh but you know that, that That's a wild place up there. there, It is a
1: wild place. But I know for certain that I've found reports from the Yellowstone National Park of Bigfoot reports and Bigfoot sightings all throughout that place. And another thing that I had uh, to counter that, the the skeptics that talk about uh, people skiing, I don't know of any National Park uh, agent... um, that will that will allow anybody to go out there with skis and cross country ski out there in the middle of the park where they don't allow people around these these wild animals. It doesn't happen. So, well, the, uh, a buffalo is probably one of the worst. Yeah, you're more
2: likely to get injured
1: by a buffalo
2: than you are a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've have seen what they can do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They they do not like it. They don't like it when people come out there and flash a camera
1: mm-hmm. flash
2: and and, and and they will pin you to a tree and, and proceed to stomp a mud hole on you you know uh, they don't hesitate uh, so you know uh, I can understand uh, what, what whoever these people were out there were pretty nervy mm-hmm. you know to approach buffalo uh Maybe they can use buffalo.
3: Wouldn't do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Hmm. So well, the, I wouldn't take the chance. That's for sure. I wouldn't. No, no. And I just don't see the park officials allowing anybody to to recreate out there in, in the in the wild near animals of any type, whether bear or buffalo or anything. I just don't see it. It's you can see some,
2: some videos on YouTube of buffalo stomping people. Mm-hmm. A few of them is right there by the by that store, you know, they have out there by Old Faithful, you know, where mm-hmm. people gather. Uh, the, the People just decided they would go over there and, and get in the buffalo's face. And uh, that buffalo uh, promptly ejected them.
1: Well, I, I, I hear the old faithful is pretty hot. I wouldn't want to be around a hot shower like that. That's not for me. This old boy, stay away from that area.
2: I took some uh, infrared video of
1: Old faithful. I know exactly how
2: hot it is.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, really, uh, when you listen to some of these people post the things that they do, what they think that is, it, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense at all. There's no reason or well, logic in it.
2: Some people have this spirit about them, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they just got to try it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They just got to give it a try. <laughs> and, and I think if, if a Bigfoot would stay still long enough, somebody would probably try it with him, too. You know, they'd go up to him. They do. <laughs>
0: they go out take there and try to feed it.
2: Take a snapshot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
1: use exercise due caution. Mm -hmm. So how many sightings have you had, MK, over your lifetime?
2: Not that many, oddly Mm -hmm. enough. I I filmed one down in Bluff Creek, but I didn't know I filmed it until uh, much later when reviewing the video. Um, I saw one in Louisiana and... uh, Let's see how many I've seen. Uh, three, three, three. yeah. Uh, and then you know, the rest have been uh, my, my knowledge base is garnered from very good descriptions from other people,
1: mm-hmm. right? Right. So, do a lot of people send you videos and ask you to? analyze it look at yeah, it. yeah
2: uh, a lot of people do uh, the, the thing about videos and uh, it's hard to you can't hardly make something out of nothing mm-hmm. uh, and i understand when you take something like that your eyes have seen a lot better than mm-hmm. any that a camera can record mm-hmm. so uh, a person that has seen seen one and filmed it and his film didn't turn out is is it's like a cruel thing. I mean, it's it, it's it's not fair because if you get a good view of it with your eyes and then if you, it don't turn out, you can't show the next guy. Thank you.
0: Somebody just validate what Grizzly's been preaching for the past couple of years. M.K.
2: Davis. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, yeah. it's, to me, it's that's everything. If I saw one and I'm alone i might not say nothing (laughs) you know i i I need to i need to share it with somebody you know it it and and take a good film uh i i bought a a new camera and that thing is so crystal clear and i look forward if any opportunity comes up i practice on you know getting getting to the controls you know Mm -hmm. learning the controls yeah, because I want to share it. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know yeah, I. I
0: oh, I'm sorry, Val. Go ahead.
1: I, um, I've always told people if you're going to have a Bigfoot encounter, try to have somebody with you. For one, helps. It, it's a witness. For two, um, somebody needs to. Somebody needs to have some sense, because when you see something like this, you're out of sorts. It it takes you for a loop. That uh, some people might not be able to handle. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also
2: tr- try to try to have two cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: digital age, you know,
2: people people will doubt a single camera, mm-hmm, even if mm-hmm. it's a clear video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have two cameras and it shows the same thing from two different angles, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they know it's not CGI. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, 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 you do that for the viewers benefit, not for your own, because you, you saw it with your eyes,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: that's you, you, you're, you're, you're pretty much, uh, locked in on, on whether it's real or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, the people, if you just tell a story, well, it's just a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a couple of cameras rolling, It might make
0: the news. I mean, you actually got a point. And, you know, and I tell people, I was going to say, and I didn't mean to interrupt Val. uh, I used to be a firearms instructor for the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I always tell people muscle memory, you know, uh, with your firearm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Take your camera and go out and try to film a squirrel running around, jumping tree to tree. And see how well you do with that out of nowhere. And practice. And you would be surprised how well you do not capture a clear picture of that squirrel. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know, ladies and gentlemen, that sounds funny. But, you know, that is a target to practice with and to train yourself to try to get acclimated with when you're walking in the woods. Uh,
2: Especially if you use the zoom. That -hmm. is correct. If you use the zoom, you probably won't get the squirrel off. That that is correct. You can't keep it on
0: Because uh, how many times yeah. have we heard? Oh my God, here comes another blob squab picture. Uh, mm-hmm. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, like you said, and it always says, Mr. Davis, you know, I know what I saw, but even on this, my picture is did not turn out. I was there. Mm-hmm. But
2: I, I always you know, ask the question, what what well. motivated you to take mm-hmm. this picture? You know why did you take this picture? What did mm-hmm. you see? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and let them tell the story, and, and I, I try to integrate all of that into one, uh, so that if your report's going to be made, that all all of that enters into it. You know, uh, right. It's 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 not easy, or there would be plenty of pictures.
1: Mm-hmm. It is not easy. No. It's not easy. No. 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 And that's some of the things that I remind people when they complain about the picture being blurry and blob squatch. You go out there and do it. You you be the one in a hundred that are able to successfully take a picture, a postcard perfect picture. Bring it back and show us and let us critique it for you. It's very tough. It's tough taking a picture. It's tough having people critique it for you. It's very tough. Well,
2: that's what makes the Patterson film. So you mm-hmm. that that is, is, is one of the older pieces of evidence. But yet it's right in there amongst your the best, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and, and, and with with uh, technology, it's getting even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, from my understanding, Mr. Davis, uh, a lot of uh, Bigfoot investigators are going back to the old technology. So they don't have to worry about uh, the electronics of the digital stuff.
2: Well, uh, it's 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 different. It's different taking digital than it is from taking film and mm-hmm. then using digital on it. Mm-hmm. You know to enhance right. that—that's a whole nother matter. Uh, the, the, the the Patterson film accepts enhancement very well because it was a decent film.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, uh it, you can't make something out of nothing, but if you have something, if you have a pretty decent film, you can make a spectacular film out of it using digital. That digital. Is uh so that's that's exactly what's happened with the Patterson film. It's it's uh, entered it's crossed that threshold. It's in the the realm of the spectacular.
0: Now, and we want to make a statement too, Mr. Daniels, that the Patterson film that we see is not the whole film that was filmed. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. There more is more
0: to that film.
2: Yeah, it's in it's in three pieces.
0: Right. And see, and that a lot of people don't realize that there was more footage to that actual recording. They're just showing just that one Sasquatch mm-hmm. because there was more footage before that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I was just thinking about, Chris, as you, as you were talking about that. And it's funny you said that because I seen, I seen some of the parts of these, uh, Patty film, uh, MK that you did. And and I'll tell you what, brother, that opened my eyes up to a lot of things. And a lot of things made sense. The further I went into this, the deeper I went into this, it's, um, um, it's an eye opener.
2: Hey guys, I hate to, to, to cut out, but I'm gonna have to go. Mm-hmm. We'll no, appreciate nice. have, you know, absolutely. Thank you I, for coming boy, to chat. Absolutely show.
1: Appreciate, appreciate it. it. We'll, we'll,
2: we'll we'll do it again if you'll let me come back, and we'll, no, uh, we'll, anytime, we'll sir, give you, I'll give you the, yeah. the, the the whole hour at least, or maybe more. We'll... I, I, oh, yeah,
1: I love it. I love it. you, have be, be safe, one, my sir. friend. Thanks Thanks you. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thank, Thank you. Thank you for coming Be safe. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our wow. next guest, Mark Daniels. Let's welcome him to the show. Mark Daniels, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome. Uh, are you there? I think the frozen is there. Mark. Well, he was there. Let's give him a second here. But yeah, so uh he'll be back. Uh he just got kicked off, but no you're right Val and mm-hmm. you know it there's there is there is more footage to that mm-hmm. and you know a, a lot of people when they see things you know they don't know the whole story they mm-hmm. they take things mm-hmm. what they hear as as the truth and nothing but the truth mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. you if you break stuff down and watch the footage mm-hmm. you know there's no way I don't think and I'm whited out in my video I got fix my monitors but there's mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. that that can really be a human being in a costume no. i mean no. no especially with the muscle movement and that that was my point with mr daniels so, you know
1: you know all right MK, mark mark so let's try to,
0: there we go mr hey, hey mark all right how you, hey, doing I'm, there, I'm sir?
1: how you doing my friend pretty good right. i'm having a little technical
4: difficulty
0: that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. We'll work Lockie around it. The How you doing?
4: Doing good. Doing good. I um it was you. almost late. Um, I, I thought this was going to be in the future not today. So I, I apologize for that.
1: Well, that, we apologize for everything, Mark, because this is a this is a work in progress. So Yeah, no problem. Know, we'll, we'll make do. We'll make do. Yep. Everybody's going to be happy. And uh, we are we are pleased and very, very happy to have you have you here. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So introduce
0: yourself, and let everybody know who you are and give some background on you.
4: OK, uh, my name is Mark Daniels. Uh, I'm a construction worker by trade and uh, I got interested in the uh, Bigfoot um uh, situation about, um, oh gosh, it's been probably 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, My oldest daughter, which was 12 years old at the time, had a face-to-face meeting from just a few feet away with a uh, juvenile Sasquatch. And uh, this was in uh, Southwest Missouri, close to a little town called Shell Knob on uh, Table Rock Lake. Mm -hmm. We were there um, camping for the weekend, and she uh, was going uh, out to hang up a bathing suit behind the cabin that we had rented. And as she came around the corner of the cabin and, and it was uh, uh it was getting dark. You know, it was still just a little bit of daylight. But anyway, uh, he was looking in the uh, window of our, of our cabin when she startled him. So he turned and um, they faced each other at about 10 feet apart he started swaying back and forth and then he turned and walked into the uh, tree line. And, um, I put that kind of on the shelf for many years, but, um, I'd think about it once in a while. And then, um, about probably 10 years ago, um, I started doing a little research, mostly just reading what I could find on a topic and, uh, you know how it goes. You know, once, once you get hooked, you're hooked mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. And, um uh, I started going out into the field about seven or eight years ago, and uh, I've always enjoyed camping and uh, outdoor cooking and that sort of thing. And, um, but having um, a a Sasquatch type being out there in the woods with you, uh, it it makes you wonder exactly what your position in the food chain is and uh, whether or not uh, there's a danger, you know, so.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, so, uh, just, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, um, I,
4: I run with about a half a dozen people right now um, that uh, we kind of, I guess you call us enthusiasts. Uh, we weekend enthusiast. We uh, we go camping as often as we can. One of the things that we're doing right now is investigating uh, nuisance animals. Um uh-huh we are looking into a, um, a situation at the moment where a rancher is losing calves in, in uh, southeast uh, Louisiana. And we just started that project. But uh, in the recent uh, past, we've uh, looked at uh, about three other um, situations where animals are being aggressive or uh, uh, making a nuisance of themselves. And uh, we're, we're just, uh, you know, Trying to help people out understand what they're up against and uh, how they can um, uh, deal with it. And uh, so far, nobody's been hurt, so uh, other than some livestock. So
0: now, when you are saying animals, what are you referring to? I want to hear it. Well, um, uh,
4: livestock mainly, uh, calves, um,
0: horses. What do you I, think is doing it?
1: I think there's a delay or something. Go ahead.
0: Chris. Yeah. What's causing Yeah. This? What, what animal's causing this, do you think? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What animal do you think is causing this?
1: Who do you think is responsible for the missing? Uh, what mouse? animal?
4: Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
4: Oh, um, Personally, I think it's a a Sasquatch Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that particular part of the uh, parish, uh, there seems to be a um, a reduction in the um, uh, game animals, like deer and hogs and things like that. And um, so that might have something to do with uh, the uh, problems with the uh, uh, livestock and uh, even the livestock feed. We've we've, uh, heard of situations where, feed uh, uh storage uh places have been uh um, have been uh, you know uh broken into and that sort of thing doors ripped off uh, mm-hmm. and uh pet food go go missing animal feed go missing uh, when I say animal, right. I meant livestock feed mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I, mean, I actually get reports out of Tennessee where they will go into people's garden and take ears of corn and all mm-hmm. of them so yes yes that, yes, that does happen
1: we recently you
0: know,
1: uh, go ahead yeah there's a lot of reports you and i were talking last night about this and there there are a lot of reports of calves and cows uh turning up missing without any traces and you're talking about calves are probably, I don't know, three, four hundred, three hundred pounds, maybe. Uh, and these things are, are missing with with no hide, no evidence of carcass left around. But also that the, that uh, Miller document that came out a couple of years ago, supposedly by a uh, government person. Uh, he he warned of the same thing, Uh Bigfoot, Sasquatch are very, very, you know, territorial. uh, But when their resources diminish, they become opportunistic. And for that reason, they can never, never exist with human beings. Why is that? And I think think Mark uh, did a wonderful job illustrating how or what they're dealing with down there in Louisiana and Texas you know, with the missing uh, livestock and stuff and everything that he says, the pet food uh, the, the and, and Grizz, you, you mentioned the, the gardens and stuff. All of this stuff are reports that people make in the hundreds, in the hundreds. So we see that it's about resources, very much about resources.
4: We've worked a couple of cases where um, people were actually putting food out for um, the wildlife. And uh, in one case, we know she, she was uh, knowledgeable that uh, Bigfoot was around and she was putting food out for the Bigfoot. And then uh, when she uh, stopped doing it, they started uh, messing with her property. Um, pounding on the side of her house and tearing up her fascia and stuff on the uh, eve of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another situation in, um, uh, See, I guess that would be central Louisiana, where uh, evidently the young man's parents had been uh, putting food out for him. And when they uh, passed away and he took over the property, he had some... Um, aggressive nuisance uh bigfoots that were um um you know just raising cane with him uh, to the point where he was afraid to live on the property Mm -hmm. and um uh, they were um throwing things at the house and and uh trying to get into the um storage shed and uh that was a case where the the door was ripped off the uh, off the shed Mm
1: -hmm.
4: so um you know um you got to be very careful
1: about what you do. Uh. Well, Grizz, what do you do in, in situations like that? What would you do?
0: So, and now we talked to uh, Old Bear, you know, mm-hmm. and he travels oh, yeah. around Probably. the United States just like Mark does to try to help mm-hmm. people. Uh, mm-hmm. The first thing I always recommend is, A, never feed them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, put up motion lights around, around your house with the infrared beams to, to flood the area with lights. Uh, Get trail cams uh, because they uh, evidently they do see them for red. So they do stay away from that and put them up on your property. Uh, They're inexpensive now. They're not, you know, uh, very high tech when it comes to dollar wise. Uh, You can get some for under 50 bucks, put those around the property. But uh, you got to be careful, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, you know, and we hear reports Unfortunately, that, you know, people want to love and, and, and take care of them and, and treat them like puppy dogs. And, and we warn people and we hear cases like this. And, it's, 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 you know, look, here's the deal. I'm just going to say it. That's why I own little dogs and not big dogs. Okay? Because I don't want to have a chance of that, that big dog ever turning and get aggressive with me. And I cannot handle that big dog. Now I can handle a six or eight pound dog, but a hundred pound dog, come on, ladies and gentlemen, that's why insurance companies won't insure you.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So, and I'm not, you know, saying what breed or anything like that, but I'm just saying animals are animals, you know, we don't know, but I'm not going to take a chance. I'm not going to say, Val, hold my beer. I'm going to go out there and mill this field and pet this line. Like I always say, you know, I mean, I mean, listen to Mark. Mark, I mean, this is in another state. Mm-hmm. These are reports that we are receiving. Mm-hmm. These are testimonies, people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not... We, this- uh, yeah. we
4: uh, uh, were going over into Mississippi, uh, into the National Forest over there, and we were having encounters and coming into our camp at night and that sort of thing. We think it was a uh, juvenile Um we found his footprints and stuff and found a handprint on my travel trailer but um <laughs> uh, we were as we were scouting around we found a uh um, a, a, a place that kind of looked like a uh, lookout mm-hmm. uh it was at the end of a um, uh a forest road dead end mm-hmm. and yeah. it was just off the road and it was a cleared area where um the uh, the weeds and everything had been pulled out uh there was uh, a tr- you know, about three or four trails going into this little opening and you could observe the road from there. We found um, a, a bone pile and most of the bones were canine. Uh, there were a couple of hog uh, skeletons and uh, there was one um, alligator skeleton uh, close by. And um, so it, it kind of looked whatever had been sitting there observing mm-hmm. was probably snacking <laughs> and we suspect the canine uh bones were probably uh, uh pets from the surrounding
0: area
1: mm-hmm.
4: that they had latched yeah. on mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. One now, of the I'm, I'm sorry, Val. Go ahead, sir.
1: Go uh well, I was just gonna say real quickly, one of the databases that I have uh identifies uh the different types of animals that I'm aware of through the reports that I've analyzed. Okay. And dogs make up a big portion of carcasses, favorites for Bigfoots and Sasquatch. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Most of these um, uh, skull, um, these skulls, they, they look like they were probably under thirty pound dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. They weren't real big. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it may have been a juvenile. You know that was. Uh, um, My personal opinion is the juveniles are probably the ones that do the lookouts, the sentry, if you will. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know that uh, sometimes when we go into the the national forest where where they're at, we feel like we're under observation the whole time we're in there. And we'll hear whistles occasionally and and maybe a tree knock or two, uh, especially when we start moving uh, about. Like if we leave camp to go on a hike, a lot of times we'll hear uh, either a tree knock or a whistle, um, that's possibly announcing that uh, that we're on the move.
0: Right now, I've got information from a person that uh, they have watchers that watch people uh, during the day while the family or clan will sleep, mm-hmm. and they will have lookouts where they can see in a very long direction, like you just said. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said how you can tell where they sit is that you'll find a bunch of small twigs broken or uh, pieces of bark that's been peeled in piles where they're bored and they're just doing nonsense stuff, trying Mm -hmm. to pass time. Mm -hmm. And you can stand there and you can look and then you can look into another direction and you can see the other Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Mm I don't know, 60, 80, 90 yards mm-hmm. in a clear direction as well. And that's where they whistle and tree knock and let everybody know that, yes, that there's activity coming and they alert the the plan that whatever's like you said, so.
4: Mm-hmm. We found a situation uh, uh, like that not too long ago where one had been watching or waiting and watching. And what he seemed to have been doing is, Pinching off the end of the branches, like with his fingernail,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and there, um, there was a, a pretty significant pile of them on the ground. So he'd been been there for a while, and he was just reaching up into the uh, the bush and just pinching off the ends of the limbs.
0: Right. Now that was a watcher location. That's mm-hmm. that's what she yep. tells her. So yeah, so you were very close to the the whole family. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: it's uh it's very interesting um it it really is and i mean to understand that these creatures can think and have security like that right Mm -hmm. to stand by and have a defense system to watch for any intruders i mean what other animals do that besides us
1: yeah it takes cognizance Cognizance and and forethought to think in terms of strategy and tactics and stuff like that. It's just, it's, you know, it's incredible to have sentries put out just like the military does. Who would know to put sentries up in a tree, post them up in a tree in a setting nest to watch a great distance? This is unbelievable. It really is. You're not dealing with dummies. You know, and, and, uh, Grizz, when you were asking, uh, Mark about, you know, referencing animals and stuff, I still reference Bigfoot Sasquatch as animals, and I use it in a database, multiple animals to identify more than one uh, individual. I have no other meaning other than, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's adequate for me for, for, uh, documentation for database and stuff like that. But, uh, these are individuals and they're, they're living live, living beings. And, um, you know, you call them what you want, but I don't believe these were earthborn creatures. They're not, they're not from here originally, in my opinion, that's the way I think.
4: Often uh, people, um, there's there's a couple of camps out there. People will refer to them as um, primates or mm-hmm. apes, wood apes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and others will um, uh, compare compare them to humans or uh, mm-hmm. call them human-like. Mm-hmm. I personally believe they're a species of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they have characteristics uh, of the primates. They have characteristics of the humans, uh, especially with a higher intelligence intelligent thought process but um they're not like us uh, Mm um and they're not like um uh, a great ape or something Uh, they're they're just they're a species in their own
1: i guess we can all agree they're a they're an enigma (laughs) they're not this and they're not that but we know that they're they exist yeah and we do know a lot about
4: them uh, because mm-hmm. of all the, uh, the reports, uh, not only across North America but around the world. Mm-hmm. And the common threads that are um, uh, woven into these uh, stories that come from people of uh, different walks of lives, um, you know, different backgrounds, no previous um, knowledge or understanding of the Sasquatch being. But mm-hmm. yet the stories uh, are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when we go out into the field like we have been for the last six, seven years, we have experienced just about everything that you'll hear about or read about from rock throwing to violent tree shakes to um, different types of vocalization um, to, um, you know, um, tree limbs being thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, to being flanked on three sides, you know, mm-hmm. where they're trying to push us out of the area. Mm-hmm. Um, just about everything that you you can hear about or read about, we've experienced at one time or another. I have seen um, myself about six of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I saw closest up was in uh, New Mexico, just outside of Dallas, on the Apache Reservation and uh, but it was at night but i happened to shine my flashlight in his face so i got a real good look at him and when he uh, left the area three or four seconds later we went to where he had been uh, standing and found a full footprint and a partial footprint that were around 17 inches the scuff marks on the ground he was down on all fours peeking through a bush at me as i walked past he whistled, so I shined my flashlight towards the whistle, and I just surprised him. Well, he surprised me, too. Uh, it was quite a shock Man, to both yeah. of us. I told a friend of mine, I said, well, what drew my attention to him was he whistled at me. And he started chuckling. He said, he wasn't whistling at you. He was whistling at the one behind you. And um, <laughs> we do know, we did find out a few minutes later that there was one on the other side because he mm-hmm. crossed the uh, – the road in front of our group uh, a few minutes Mm -hmm. later but anyway uh the others that i've seen um in the daytime have been tree peekers uh they usually are off about a hundred yards or so Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes you you you, you're just not sure if it's a a tree stump or a shadow or what it is Mm -hmm. um i used to before i kind of learn better I would walk towards them and try to flush them out and get them to move mm-hmm. and a lot of times they would or I would um, uh, turn 180 degrees and start paying attention and uh, you know um, using my binoculars on something in the other direction and then when mm-hmm. I turn back around they'd be gone
3: mm-hmm.
4: whatever it was I was looking at was no longer there
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, so there's different things you can do to, to try to determine what it is you're looking at Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen them at night, uh, several times on thermal cameras, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, I guess they, they suspect that our nighttime vision is as good as theirs because mm-hmm. they hide from us at night too. Mm-hmm. They'll be peeking around trees and peeking over stumps and
0: stuff, uh,
4: in, in pitch blackness. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, That's interesting. interesting. It really is.
1: And it's really, it's really uh, wonderful that we speak to different people from around the country, Grizz, that have these same ideas or different ideas, different approaches, but we all, we all come to the same uh, drinking trough, you know, to get our, to get our fill and stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's very wonderful. Yeah. wonderful. But, um I'm so glad that I was able to get a hold of you yesterday, Mark, because you and I had been talking for for a little bit, and uh, hopefully you and Eden can come on uh, the show sometime and share your experiences.
4: Yeah, we're, maybe... we're, we'd be happy to. Um, she has seen two of them in um, daylight mm-hmm. um, while riding in my pickup. We mm-hmm. we do a lot of back road uh, scouting. That's we're primarily good yeah, one of the things I look forward to, uh, try to figure out if they're, if they occupy an area or not, is their tree structures.
3: Mm-hmm. A
4: lot of people don't uh, take much stock in them, but I find them fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I probably got, uh, I don't know, between my old phone, my three old phones, I probably got two or 300 pictures of different types of structures in six wow. different states. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, once we find um, a series of structures, then we know they're either in the area or they have been in that area mm-hmm. uh, sometime in the recent past. Mm-hmm. So we we that's what the areas that we camp at and yeah. we focus on. And uh, yeah. we don't have we don't have encounters uh, every time we go out, um, but uh, we go out frequently enough into areas where we know they they are that we do have. Um, mm-hmm. Opportunities, You know, we have considerable mm-hmm. encounters.
0: Um, no, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's very interesting, you know, because a lot of people don't know about the watchers, uh, mm-hmm. the line of sight, uh, how they fidget and do things when they're bored. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I ever brought that up besides on another show. And yeah. when you were talking about the bones and stuff in that one area, it just triggered that, that thought to, to mention that. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think everybody should know that when you're out there, you know, looking around and so forth, uh, to mm-hmm. look for stuff like that. Because that is an indication that a watcher mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. sitting there mm-hmm. paying attention to the area. hmm So, uh, beware.
4: Mm-hmm. In the areas where we um, strongly suspect they're raising their young, uh, we have found, um, I guess, over the years, probably three bedding areas. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in the south. It's uh, usually in the thick brush, in the in the real thickest of uh, the thickets. And um, when you're out hiking through the woods and you come up on a, on a uh, something that's uh, impenetrable. Um, you'll you look at it and you'll, you're, your first thought is, I'm going to walk around this. There's no way in the world I'm going to hack my way through it. yeah. That's probably where they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, went into those areas um, before. And it's kind of funny because once we start getting in there, we start finding trails.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, uh, you get into a clearing area where obviously something has cleared it, you know, by uh, pulling the weeds out of the ground and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find multiple trails. There'll be at least uh, three entrances and exits. Mm-hmm. And um, the ones we found have been pretty close to the, uh, the, the creeks, uh, the secondary creeks. Um, we, we stumbled across one, one time that uh, I wish I'd had my thermal camera with me because I think I could probably shot uh uh, the camera on the ground and found a uh, hot heat spot. We think they were in there mm-hmm. as we approached it and they they mm-hmm. went out the back
1: Vata- oh, uh, wow. vacated quickly. There's something I read recently about uh, military actively seeking out bigfoot nests because they go in there and um, test for sample DNA because they know that these bigfoot nests are where uh, the young are are, are birthed. And they know the approximate time of the season this occurs, so they actively look for this, go out there and search and stuff for this stuff.
4: The one of the ones that we uh, stumbled across, and it was close. It was on the Natchez River in Texas, close to. Um, um, oh shoot, uh, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, but anyway, um, as we were checking this place out we started hearing whistles and movement in the, uh, uh, woods around us. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like they were, they were in the area. Boykin Springs is a place I'm thinking of. It's, it was mm-hmm. close to there. And, um, but you know, it's, um, I used to go out, uh, solo a lot. Uh, and, uh, sometimes I just sleep in the cab of my truck, um, sometimes I would uh, pitch a tent. Um, I came across a beagle dog that I found in the national forest in the uh, South uh, East Oklahoma. And she's been uh, my uh, booger dog uh, for the last uh, five years. Wow. And um, she was uh, when I found her, she was running with some uh, free range cattle. And I kind of suspected that she was with a cattle for protection Mm-hmm. because um we we knew that there was a pretty good concentration of uh, Bigfoots in that particular area um i strongly suspect um that since she's been with me she has been chased by bigfoot twice while in the woods mm-hmm. she um, came running um um i was looking for a game camera that we had uh, misplaced and uh i'd been in, down in the woods for about 30 minutes and as a matter of fact, on this, let me back up a little bit and tell you the whole story. Uh, yeah. When we got to this area where uh, we had placed this game camera, um, there had been uh, some uh, tree structures that we had been monitoring for a couple, three years. And um, uh, watching them get rebuilt yeah. and, you know, um, or, or uh, cleaned up, so to speak, uh, some of them got tore down. But uh, anyway, um, I looked in the direction when I pulled up. Of where one of the teepee structures had been, and between it and uh, where I was sitting, there was a new structure. So I got out of my pickup and I walked over. And I usually take uh, photographs on, you know, four four sides. Uh, sometimes if it's pretty intricate, I'll uh, shoot uh, half a dozen close-ups or so. But I was doing a northwest, south, and east uh, type of photograph, and so I walked on down into the woods with my dog to look for that game camera and i was gone for about 30 minutes she wandered off uh sniffing you know as beagles do and uh, i got back to the pickup there was a um, structure that had been built just off of my left front fender while i was gone uh this was in in the fall yeah this was in the fall and there was quite a bit of leaf litter on the ground and i could see where the leaves had been turned over Mm -hmm. the wet side is now up um, there's something was shuffling around building this structure while I was in the woods. So I was getting a, a little bit, uh, concerned about my dog. I was wanting her to get back up there so we could get the heck out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was trying to call her without being too vocal, but anyway, after about five minutes or so she come tearing up that heel. And normally, uh, she's, she's trained to, um, come to, um, the, uh, passenger door and i open it and she jumps in mm-hmm. she ran under the truck and she got under the differential and i had to get down on my belly and crawl under the truck and grab her and pull her out and she was hyperventilating so bad i thought she was going to die there for a minute she couldn't get to catch her breath mm-hmm. so i'm uh, fairly certain on that particular day one got after her mm-hmm. and uh, and she um, she's warned me several times in the woods um We were in camp one night, just her and I, and I was getting ready to uh, go to bed. We had a a little two-man tent tent pitched, and she started growling and looking in um, uh, the direction of the wood line, and so I looked up uh, in the direction she was looking just in time to see a rock come sailing in, Mm. and then there was another occasion where um, about 12 of us were camping. We each had our own tent, so we had 10 or 12 tents and uh, she uh, woke me up growling and uh, it turned out we had one or two of them in camp that night we uh, I know we've had in in our camp about three or four times Mm -hmm. Um, they'll uh, if they have us under observation after we bed down and get quiet about an hour or so later uh, they may sneak into camp and kind of look around and Try to get into the ice chest uh, the last time it happened myself and my nephew were camping in southeast Oklahoma and um uh, I suspect we based on the size of the footprints I probably had a mother and a and a juvenile come into camp that night and uh I was laying in my tent and we had been cooking uh the the night before and I heard the um uh, the ice chest slide across the uh, trailer that I had it sitting on and I had a little camping stove on the uh, tailgate of my pickup and I heard something, pick it up and set it down. And so I just laid there to see what was going to happen next. I knew what the sounds were. And sure enough, when we got up the next morning, I found the uh, the footprints. We found a clump of hair that came off of something uh, black hair and, um, we had, both of us had um, handprints on our vehicles and I, we had uh, smudges on the ice chest and the stove from handprints. Hmm. Wow.
1: Curious.
0: Yeah. I could not <laughs> lay in a tent, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I come out, guns a-blazing, shooting up in the air, blasting away. I'm sorry. that That we, is great.
4: Yeah, we are armed, but, uh, so far, I mean, um, uh, Eden, uh, Boudreaux, uh, she had one tap her on the leg one night, um, oh, no. oh, and, no. uh, and, it, uh, we, we say, it, we think it was a couple of juveniles and mm-hmm. I think they had been watching us, uh, during the daytime, but after we bedded down that night and it, it was a cold night, it was in February and, mm-hmm. uh, The wind was blowing the temperature was probably in the 30s i'm guessing and uh her and valerie uh decided to sleep outside on cots Mm -hmm. but they um they not only had their sleeping bags but they had a tarp that they put over themselves because it was uh, trying to rain Mm -hmm. and um so uh, i was i had an rv there and i was sleeping the rv with the furnace going and uh, they were really both, yeah, right? <laughs> they were both sleeping outside. And um, Eden heard this, um, the two of them coming at her, bipedal type steps. And you know how a kid will kind of um, slap their feet on the ground as they're running,
3: mm-hmm. right?
4: It kind of sounded like that. One of them ran by the um, head of her cot, and the other one ran by the foot of her cot, and um, it tagged her on the leg as it went by. And my dog is. She's not afraid of anything except for Bigfoot. Um, mm-hmm. she, I've seen her chase wild boar. Uh, I haven't seen her around a bear, you know, but uh, there's just not too much that she won't get after. And Is but this, she this, ran this, under, yeah, she ran this, under Eden's cot and was whimpering and shaking that night. At first, Eden thought a uh, booger had uh, crawled under her cot, so she was laying real still. She thought she had a Bigfoot underneath her,
0: mm-hmm. laying but, still. Uh, is, no that the, way.
4: Is,
1: no is, way, is that no the same way. beagle that you were talking about? Yes. That, yeah. One, hey, yes, well, do you know what counting coup is? The word counting coup? I do. Yeah. And uh, uh, share it with is. share it with Grizz here in your yeah,
4: it's, uh, it's an Indian uh, an old yeah. Indian phrase. Um I I may butcher this a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh that's okay, I'll help you. Yeah, especially um, uh, young Braves. It it uh, it was a uh, show of courage, and um, um, I guess courage is about probably about the best word. But they would um, go up and touch um, a, an enemy mm-hmm. with a stick or whatever. Um, but they would, uh, you know, and and usually it was a live enemy, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've seen it spelled a couple different ways, Uh C O O O, or C O U P. Exactly. I think possibly in- C O U P in- is in- uh, yeah in- is correct. In-
0: in- 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: But um, um, young Braves, especially, it was um, a, a show of uh, their bravery and mm-hmm. courage to uh, go
1: up and touch a live enemy. Yeah, it's it's somewhat of a rite of passage. You go from child to man. You go you go from a nobody to a warrior, you know, someone well, to be looked at. They will not make it to a warrior if they touch grizzly. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but I see a lot of I see a lot of that stuff uh, wow. in the uh, database. Um, little things like that, such as running up behind somebody, nobody's provoking them. Running up behind somebody and knock the pipe out of their mouth. You know, they they smoke people smoke the pipes and stuff. Knock the Knock the daylights out of the man, knock the pipe out of his mouth, cause him to break a pallet, run up behind somebody and knock a a heavy box of tools out of their hands, Uh, run up behind somebody hiking in a group and knock the hat off his head, the baseball cap off his head. That's counting coup. That's getting close to the enemy and showing their bravery and their, their vigor and uh their manhood but that's what i, I would about. be in a hospital i would mm-hmm. be on medication i'd be in a
0: straight jacket. <laughs> no no mm-hmm. i mean val what would you do you you and i out in the woods and one come up knock your head off what would you do really
1: well given the given the uh the opportunity that that i see you know if, I, if it's one of those things nothing yeah. Hello, goodbye. you know that kind of stuff. I don't want anything to do with that. Why well, I don't either. I would crack no. myself and probably pass out. No, you know when I seen when I had my encounter, I was strapped carrying you know what I usually carry the forty caliber to my waist. I always did, and I had no intention of using that. There was no way looking at that thing, looking at me, looking at it, no. You know, it's a wonderful thing that that uh, some of these some of these individuals uh, know the valor of peace. Certainly, I mean, in in, in an, as a student of of strategy and tactics and stuff, a chess player as I am, um, it it says a lot about your opponent if that opponent stronger than you, physically, or otherwise allows you an, an escape passage. This happened all throughout the Civil War. These are, these are generals looking at strategies and stuff. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of, a lot of something to be said about your opponent knowing full well that they can annihilate you, but they allow you an opportunity to leave, an avenue to leave. That is something that's repeated through Sun Tzu, The Art of War. But okay that's now, you know a lot of times when you're looking at Sasquatch and stuff they're very smart now they're very I'm gonna smart
0: play. I'm want to <laughs> put you back in uniform now <laughs> that happens with the human being what are you gonna do Let it go let it ride you know take no, you're, it, right. up, you're gonna drop you're gonna you're gonna shoot you're gonna shoot that person to the, to stop the threat.
1: Brother, look at these grand. big brown eyes. Look at these big brown eyes. They're just full of peace and I tranquility. Am
0: Grizzly's peaceful. <laughs> but if I'm in uniform and I got somebody gonna come up and attack me, yes, I'm gonna use deadly physical force.
1: You know, you so, you you do you do what you have to do at the moment. That's that's what that you is do. That's correct. You know, now uh, I am an kill person,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I am very peaceful. But I do go out by myself, and I do get scared. Yes, I do. So, Mark Daniels, I do. I I, I get nervous I'm, when I hear a twig break. I get real silent. <laughs> 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 it may be a deer, yeah. it may be a possum, but you know, I get very maybe something else. Yes, it may be. Yes,
4: mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, they. Um, uh, have an air of uh, self-preservation about them also. Uh, mm-hmm. They are aware of what firearms are. You know, I mean, we have yeah. hunting seasons where we kill animals and, you know, they, they're very much aware. Even if they haven't had a personal experience, uh, they know that we carry guns and that sort of thing. Um, I, they're, from what I have learned is they're very temperamental beings, Mm-hmm. um they um um i don't know I, I've heard other people uh state this that they kind of borderline artist uh autistic autism, autism.
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh.
4: and um they just have a, a a character about them uh that that is reflective of that mm-hmm. and um uh if they, crawl, if they get upset and cross the line, they can be a, a, a serious danger. Oh, yeah. But I think up until that point, they see us as a threat, and they keep themselves in check and,
1: and in reserve. Um, I agree. They know the business end of a rifle. Yeah. Smartly so. And I've heard the same thing about, about the autism part. In, in examples. Um, and, and as far as temperamental goes, these are not kitties. These are not pets. These are not something that you can tame like a dog. These are remarkably strong individuals, beings. they're, um, they're as you said, they're temperamental, they're unforgiving. Uh, they can be very vicious. And uh, very territorial, very loyal to their, to their kind. Not my kind, not your kind, to their kind. If you, you annoy them, they annoy you back. Only they torment you. And they can, they can devastate you. They can devastate your property as far as damage goes. They can do a lot of things. And you get it in their head that you want to be a part of their, their head. and You want to get it in their mind. Let them look at you. Let them sniff you. They'll follow you home and they'll remind you what you did. That's the way I see Bigfoot Sasquatches. And that's why it doesn't make any sense to me to go out here and feed them potato chips and honey because you know you could do that if you'd like, but you're only gonna cause somebody else grief and, and, and disharmony. You might love them. You might treat them and see them as pets and kitties but your neighbors might not and that's where you cause the problem because right. they you know how they're going to respond i know how they're going to respond and it's not fair to anybody it's not fair to me you the neighbors it's not fair to the sasquatch to put them in that in that harm that's the way i look at it and i'm so so against uh habituating and gifting and baiting and that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff you know what i look at that guys Grizz and, and Mark, I see baiting as, as the same kind of people that do that kind of stuff, the same kind of people that go in these public toilets and load it up and walk away and left, leave somebody uh, else dumb uh, upon that, oh, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> serious. Let somebody else <laughs> deal with the problem and the issue. Clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get I mean, me on a roll. I mean, what
0: what right. I mean, yeah. I, mean yeah. I I I, uh, I, so, I mean, the way
4: I look at this I mean, situation, yeah, people... it, go ahead. The way I look at it is no, go ahead, if I go in, if I go into um, um, a new area of the forest, I kind of uh, treat it as I would a neighborhood I'm not familiar with. Uh, I've made the wrong turn in, um, say, New Orleans, Louisiana one time and got into a bad neighborhood. And I was just hoping I could get out of there without, you know, a carjacking or um, gunplay or what what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, I treat the national forest the same way. Um, These things, uh, because of their level of intelligence, um, they can take on certain human characteristics. There's some of them that can be criminal. Uh, some of them can be very uh, good-natured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you have no idea what you're up against until they display uh, a, a one type of behavior or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very cautious. You know, uh, there have been probably three occasions where I have left the area shortly after getting there because of. Uh, the vocalizations and my um, interpretation of what uh, might happen. You know, mm-hmm. um, I became very uncomfortable, Very, I felt very unsafe, and I would just throw my stuff back in the truck and leave. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you, you've got you to gotta have all that in mind when you're out there because, um, you know, I've, I've slept through some things, like possibly when they come into camp and stuff, because what what are you going to do? They're there, you're there, you know, and whatever unfolds is going to unfold. And I've uh, right. went back to sleep on occasion, you know, just let them do whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Get up in the morning and start cutting sign, you know, looking for um, footprints and um, what have you. But um, anytime I, I feel unsafe, I don't hesitate. I just, I pack it up and
0: leave. Mm-hmm. Smart man, I mean, Smart. there's nothing you really can do because mm-hmm. I've heard you know, eyewitnesses in reports that you fire a shot, mm-hmm. whether in their direction or just up in the air or in the dirt, mm-hmm. the clan comes a running mm-hmm. and now you got problems.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, so
0: yeah, yeah. and that's not that's not good. So, yeah. No, so, ladies and cool. gentlemen, that is that is a fact. I, I've mm-hmm. got many reports of that over the years. Mm-hmm. So, firing rounds off does not scare them away. Just FYI, just mm-hmm. letting you know. You may think it does. It may be may, may, a, a kitty cat. Mm-hmm. It may be mm-hmm. coyotes. But Bigfoot and Sasquatches, no. It mm-hmm. alerts mm-hmm. them, and especially if it's mm-hmm. juveniles involved. Mommy and daddy will come running. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I've heard yeah. it before. Yeah. And I, well, I'm actually um, the guest on one of one of our shows.
1: Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Absolute truth. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. There was crazy. an
4: area. There was, a, there was an area in southeast Oklahoma about four years ago that we were going into. And I had been researching this area for um, uh, probably uh, at least a year, scouting and what have you. And I was following the tree structures and looking for fresh ones, you know, to try to figure out where they were actually at in that forest at that time. And I kind of narrowed it down to one valley. And the road into this valley was an old uh, abandoned logging road, very primitive. You had to drive over saplings and stuff. You could just barely see the two track. had to uh, cross a couple of creeks, uh, have to put it four wheel drive a time or two. But anyway, got back down in there and went almost as far as we could go. And I had another individual with me and it was getting late and we need to get back to camp. We knew the other guys would be cooking dinner and what have you. So it was about 530 in the afternoon. So we turned around. And uh, on the way out, uh, he had seen some uh, areas, um, some rocks w- that had nuts cracked on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you call it a nut cracking station or whatever, where right. they were taking um, little rocks and breaking nuts uh, on top of the big rocks. So we stopped and looked at that. And while we were bent over looking at that, there's about six of those uh, areas or places where they've been cracking nuts, a uh, sizable limb about uh five foot long, about maybe four inches in diameter, came sailing down the um, hill at us and uh it was flying horizontal so it didn't fall out of a tree. So anyway, um we um and I I looked up the hill and I could see the uh top of a head um looking out over a root ball of a down tree. Uh I could see him from the eyes up. That was one situation where I we had a staring contest for a little while. And finally I turned and um, focused my binoculars in the opposite direction and when I turned back around, he was gone. But um, um, I, um, the next morning, that, that friend, he had to go back home. He was working the next day. So we were talking about it in camp that night and um, another individual wanted to go down and look at that and see where it was at and everything. So I took him down there the next morning. When we got down to the same place that we turned around the day before, there were eight trees down blocking the road. Wow. And uh, these were these were big trees. These weren't little saplings. Uh, the base of the trees were probably 75, 80 yards apart, you know, the trunks. But the way the trees were bent, pushed over, broke, There, I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think three of them were pushed over. Um, let's see, two of them were bent trees that were being held down by the other trees that were pushed over, and um, a couple or three of them were broke. Uh, they weren't pushed over; they just broke. And the tops of these trees overlapped each other. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it wasn't storm damage. You know, there was no storm in the area that night. But from five thirty in the afternoon until about ten o'clock the next morning, when we got back down there eight trees was blocking that two track to keep us from going any farther down in that valley.
3: Hmm.
4: At the biggest tree that was pushed over, we found a couple impressions in the sand that measured in excess of 20 inches, somewhere between 20 and 22 inches. And it was almost eight feet apart from one foot to the next. It was like this thing, um, you know, spread his feet apart to get up against this tree and push it over. Now, I will say that uh, the ground was uh, moist. It had been raining previously, so it wasn't like they were pushing over um, trees in hard-packed earth. It was uh, kind of a sandy, loam soil, uh, mm-hmm. and it was wet. But um, uh, some of these trees were, um, I don't know, about 12 inches diameter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might have been a couple of them a little bit bigger than that. <clears throat> uh, that was a few years ago. I recently... Took somebody else in there uh, this past year to show them where it was at, and those trees are those tree trunks are still there, but mm-hmm. the Forest Service or somebody has taken a chainsaw in there and cut them to where mm-hmm. you can get down the two track. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, did you guys I've hear any? In s- that area. Did you guys hear any of these trees falling at night? No, we were too far away from there.
4: Oh. Uh, our camp was probably three or four miles away. Um, I've been back into that area since then, and I don't think the uh, the Sasquatches are occupying that area. There's Mm -hmm. no new structures. Um, a few of the old structures are still there, but uh, weather and time has deteriorated them. You know, they're starting to rot. Usually, a structure will be rotten and non existent in about five years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they'll be fairly fresh for about a year and then uh, deer will rub up against them or you know the wind the storms will start to take them apart mhm interesting but uh, that area just doesn't seem to be as active right now as it was a few years ago so i think mm-hmm. they've moved on and, and and there you don't see very many deer or even the hogs are not don't have the presence that they used to have so i think they will uh, eventually deplete uh, the food sources in an area Mm -hmm. And then they'll relocate, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. 10 or 20 miles away. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, that would make sense, Val.
1: Yeah, they're following the food,
0: you know. I mean, if if they're depleting the food source in that area, right, or the food Mm -hmm. source is migrating, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 20 miles away. uh,
4: Go ahead. um, The seasonal uh, fruits and stuff, like persimmons, for instance, you know, they usually um, ripen after the first uh, freeze, mm-hmm. and we found an area uh, in the wild that had several persimmon trees. And you'll see a trail going into that area, and then once they get to the a tree, we call it a um, um, a um, a ring around the tree. There there'll be a trail uh, in a circle fashion around that tree. And they'll walk around that tree picking the fruit out of it. And then there'll be a trail from that tree to the next tree. And then there'll be a circle around that tree where they walk around it picking the fruit out of it. So you'll see stuff like that on a seasonal basis, too,
1: as as
4: berries and fruit and stuff come into season.
1: That's interesting. Very, very interesting. So that's one of the things that I've noticed in, in, in uh, uh, studying and researching Bigfoot reports. It's, uh, they're not only meat eaters, they're veg- vegetarians. They love Mayhew berries, as Mark alluded to. There's other types of berries they enjoy. Cranberries, apples... I mean, they'll deplete a whole orchard if you, if you allow them to. Anybody, I would say, that, that has an orchard in their backyard, their back pasture, um, that wants to see a Bigfoot, stick around and watch, watch your orchards when they're in, in season. Your chances of seeing one are very high. Your chances of seeing one are very high if you live close to cornfields and soybean fields. These are, these are product, these are food sources for these animals. So uh, we uh we started one about a year ago.
4: Um, we were actually on our four wheelers, there's three of us, and we were going down a um a utility right away, and uh, it was deep in the woods. And uh, uh we passed a, a kind of a clearing to our left, an open area, and I happened to look over that way, I was bringing up the rear. And there was a Sasquatch standing behind a tree. Of course, he was hanging out both sides of the tree. And um, I slammed on my brakes and hit reverse to back up so I could see him again. And he was gone. And so uh, I got the attention of the other two. They came back there and uh, we walked back there where he was at. We found his footprint and um, uh, we found what he was possibly doing. He was digging grubs out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And... If you've ever seen uh, an armadillo, or um, even my dog will sniff out a grub every once in a while and dig it up, but um, he 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 was using his hands. We found the fingernail, you know, claw marks and stuff where he was uh, digging the grubs. I don't know if he was the the he the um, he wasn't uh, focused like an armadillo would be, you know, where they'll dig a fairly small hole Mm -hmm. digging the grub out um this was like um, a couple feet uh square or something like that so i don't know if he was just uh if he was able to smell them uh like a, a another animal would or if he was just uh digging the ground hoping to find them but that's what it looked like he was doing and uh, we found a partial footprint over there behind that tree that he was hiding behind when i went by mm-hmm. but uh, they they my opinion is they eat just about anything that's edible in the forest. Uh, they can true. eat things that that we can't mm-hmm. and um, I think they their diet during the winter months are more protein oriented hogs and deer and you know stuff like that. But in the uh, uh, spring and and early summer, they've got a um,
1: a salad bar that they mm-hmm. can pick from mm-hmm. and they'll eat just about everything out there. Well, I've, I've noticed that a lot of times uh, when we talk about tree formations, we must talk about rock formations, too. Uh, a lot of times there's stacked rocks and a lot of people in conversation over the meaning of this. We all look at it as communication and stuff, but a lot of Sasquatch and Bigfoot have been known to use these rock stacks as a food source, not only a food source, but a, but a natural heater. Rock absorbs heat at and at night when the when the nights get cool they they go around and hug these uh, these rocks for for warmth. But they also in the summer heat they'll take the rocks and lift them up and they'll find the rodents the rat and mice underneath the rocks and they eat these things. That's a food source, heater and food source. It's ingenious. It's ingenious. I have. Um,
4: uh- I have photographs of about a half a dozen or so um, rock stacks that I have found deep in the woods. Mm-hmm. If um, I run across something um, in an in a area that's frequented by hunters and it's close to the road or at the road uh, mm-hmm. way, I don't think too much of it. But when you get mm-hmm. back deeper in the woods and, and find a stack of rocks, we mm-hmm. found one um, a while back that almost looked like the shape of a, a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, a a hom- hominoid, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in this particular area. We have also found um, uh, stick formations that are works of art, mm-hmm. very artistic. So we we got a very talented booger back in there building mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it, the 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 stuff is intertwined and laced together, and mm-hmm. I mean,
1: he or she has taken considerable time putting this together. mm-hmm Well, you know, stick formations are like business cards. They're business cards. Let me just show you something here. A typical business card is telling you about, if that was me, it was telling you about me. This is the business I do. And and when I study and analyze these, these animals and objects and trees, I call them ornaments. That's what they are. They're ornaments just like we put ornaments on Christmas trees. To them, it's ornaments and trophies. To to predator people on the street, uh, doing that kind of stuff to different animals and different people, those are trophies. They want to remember these things. And they also do this because to them, a lot of these tree formations and things that they put in trees they do it for your sake and my sake so we can see it. And they're telling, what it, what they're communicating is, this is me. This is what I do. Do you want some of me? Come on over here and be here at this certain time. And and, and if I'm here, you get with me and you can, you can be part of this. That's the way I look at this stuff. That's trees and ornaments.
4: Um, I think uh, some of the tree breaks can be viewed that way also, mm-hmm. uh, especially the ones that are High up you know like um, mm-hmm. uh, eight to twelve foot in the air, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a you know three or four inch tree that's been snapped over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could very possibly be a show of strength and uh, size. you know i'm this big, and I can
1: do this, mm-hmm.
4: so you know be warned
1: in Michigan okay. we found a we found a very, very large TP structure made out of logs. I mean these are trees these were actual trees on the on the lakeshore of, of uh, Lake Erie very very large if you can imagine a teepee right on the shore of uh, Lake Erie something very large put that up and they put that up for a reason they put it up for people to see and to understand with their eyes this is this is my this is my area you come in here to my area you deal with me this is me Uh, And and some of the some of the Native American uh, literature that I've read on this type of subject says that a lot of these extra super large uh, tree structures, as you're talking about, Mark, are from very alpha uh, oriented males. This is their area. They're telling you who they are and people and individuals like them recognize that we should, too. We should recognize that.
4: We have an upside down tree, it's a cypress tree in uh, Louisiana that's uh, in the woods mm-hmm. at a point where you couldn't get uh, machinery back in there to to do this. Uh, this this uh, cypress tree uh, there, there's a formula that you can go online uh, that loggers use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take the length of the uh, trunk, Mm -hmm. Uh, the size of the big end, size of the little end, there's a formula that you can use to calculate the weight. Uh, Of course, uh, moisture content is a variable. Mm -hmm. So um, if if the tree has just been freshly cut down, then you can say it's got a fairly high moisture content. Mm -hmm. If it's a year old, then the moisture content is going to be greatly less. But anyway, um, when I first uh, saw this uh, cypress tree upside down, shoved into the ground, perfectly straight up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, I estimated it to probably weigh about 750 pounds. I did uh, after um, um, about a year from the first time I saw it until Mm -hmm. I went back, I uh, took a small shovel and I tried to dig down to see how far it was in the ground. Mm -hmm. I dug down 18 inches and I Mm -hmm. hadn't reached the end of it yet. The end of it, yeah. Now, this was in a swampy area uh, that area had flooded once upon a time a couple of years prior, uh, and was underwater. Uh, it's sandy soil, so uh, you know that can um, justify how it got shoved into the ground. Mm-hmm. but I have um, seen and read other reports of upside down trees uh, I've, I've found other upside down trees that are basically leaning up against uh, the trunk is leaning up against another tree. But uh, this is the
1: only one I've seen that was actually shoved into the ground. Now, I've got photos like, like database. I've got uh, a document, not real large. I've got documents of purported Bigfoots. I've got documents of different tree structures and items found, animate and inanimate objects found in trees. One of them is upside-down trees, or we call them inverted trees. Inverse and the opposite of the inverse is standing upright. Now, amongst uh, like-minded people, the thought is that the inverse trees, meaning the opposite way, that's a rage. That's a statement of rage, anger. You understand that. You take a tree, it takes a, a powerful amount of force to drive that that tree into the the ground no matter if it's anger, it's rage and for whatever reason that is a statement for people to see and other bigfoots to, to know wow. and understand um i don't know that's that's one of the things that that a lot of people talk about you know, you know. That, that are enthusiasts like you and me grizz um but that's an interesting interesting yeah. topic there
4: you know it it, it. It might be that um, when you find uh, a display like that, it could be a situation where an alpha male is being challenged. Yes. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you uh, had uh, posted uh, some photos of um, what I call goalposts, but um, horizontal tree trunks up in Mm -hmm. trees. Mm -hmm uh i i have found a few of those and uh i i carry after i found the first one i started carrying a rangefinder with me mm-hmm. if you under, know what a rangefinder oh, is yeah. mm-hmm. i i can stand under the tree and uh shoot up to it and find out how high it is off the ground mm-hmm. and then i can uh, measure it by uh shooting up to one end and then walking over to the other end mm-hmm. uh shooting up to it and uh, then calculating across the ground uh how many feet it is and then using that logger's uh, formula that I referenced, um, mm-hmm. you can uh, estimate the size of it. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a uh, uh, well-seasoned and um, uh, doesn't have much moisture in it, you know we're still talking several hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the highest one that, that I found up in the air, and it was wedged uh, uh, between two trees, and it was on some smaller branches. Uh, Uh, if it had fallen somehow, some way, uh, it would have broke those branches on the way down, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was obviously lifted up Mm -hmm. in the air, 15 feet up in the air. Mm -hmm. It probably weighed uh, in excess of 500 pounds, maybe as much as 700 pounds when Mm -hmm. it was placed up there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just uh, stuff like that just blows me away. Mm -hmm. I found one, one time that was wedged up there like that. And then there was a uh, Y branch Mm-hmm. That was uh, stuck up there, dead center in the middle of it. Hmm. Um, don't know what that communication was all about, but it was mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see.
1: <clears throat> and if you notice that that uh, series of photos that I posted on my group site, I tried to make them. I tried to put the collage up there showing different species of trees. One was one was uh, cedar. One was. Uh, Birch, another probably maple, I don't, or oak, I don't know, I don't remember which, but it shows you different parts, um, different parts of the uh, woods or forest that you might find these things, but it's, so it was, it was pretty interesting, and to see, and to see a purported uh, Sasquatch near one of those uh, goalposts, as you call it, uh, was quite interesting, very interesting.
4: You know, some of the uh, smaller structures that we run across could very well be child's play, you know, done by mm-hmm. the juveniles.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, kind of like I used to push a toy pickup around, mimicking my dad going to work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, in the south, uh, the structures that we run across are not near as, as big as uh, the ones you all see probably up in your part of the country. Uh a lot of ours are done with saplings instead mm-hmm. of mature trees, mm-hmm. um, and I I think many of them are probably done uh, by the juveniles just messing around, you know, mm-hmm. play play claiming the territory or something mm-hmm. like that. Really? I also kind of suspect that uh, maybe some of the uh, uh, the structures, like maybe an X structure or something like that, might be a boundary for the kids. In other words, mm-hmm. you know, don't go any farther. Away from home than uh, this uh, this marker.
1: You're you you're speaking of the X marker now for everybody to see. It's an X marker, a simple right. X. We all recognize it. But um, there's a there's an article that I have uh, in my file someplace that speaks of an old Native American uh, chief that that tells youngsters. You see those stick structures, those, those cross sticks, you look at that, you recognize it, you remember it, and stay out of that area. That's there for a reason. And, and I, want, I want the rest of you, and, and when you have children, you share the same information with, with them, stay out of that area. That's, that's an elderly person speaking to a smaller, younger child about the X, the X markers. I have an idea about that. You see a railroad crossing in Texas, Kentucky, Michigan. What do we see up there at the warning gates? Don't we also see the crosses? What does a cross mean? What does that cross at the railroad crossing mean? You see that. I don't forget about the bells and the, the flashing lights. We see that cross. And that cross tells us what? There's danger. Caution. Yeah. It's a warning. There you go. So uh, we can take that anyway, anyway from here to Sunday. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, if it's up to me, I'll go with the, the advice of the Native American uh, chief, the elder. He, they, they know best, really. I'll use my common sense, and I'll see it as, I'll see it as good advice, good timely advice. I'll also see it as as uh, X marks the spot as far as a meeting place or something else. But always in the back of my mind, guys, I'm always thinking about what I read the old chieftain telling his kids, You remember that X, you remember that marker that's there for a reason. You know,
4: the, the structure I <laughs> mentioned earlier. Oh, that, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: sorry. Missy wants to know, Mark,
0: what do you think they do with their dead? Do you think they bury their dead, or
4: uh, I, I believe they do. Uh, my nephew and I came across a grave in the forest,
1: and oh, it wasn't no. a
4: large grave; it was only about uh, four four foot long, and um, uh, it obviously was a grave of some sort. Uh, we probed down a ways to see how deep the loose dirt was. And, uh, you know, a couple feet down, it was loose. Uh, It had flat rocks, kind of like tile work, covering the top of it. Uh, They gathered up, whoever did it, gathered up flat rocks and laid it out across the top of this grave. The grave was in, um, I I call it a grave because that's what it looked like. It was in a a mound, a typical mound type formation uh, with the flat rocks on top of it. Uh, if it was a grave, it might've been an infant. Um, uh, it could have been somebody's, uh, pet dog, but it's very unlikely because of where it was located way back in the forest. Nobody in their right mind would have driven 10, or 12 miles back in there to, uh, and, and, and then hiked, uh, to this point to bury a pet. Um, I actually was going to, um, dig it up at one point. Uh, But I was going to go in with four or five people so two or three could stand guard while a couple of us uh, did the excavation. I bought a couple of books on um, uh, Val helped me. I guess it's forensic uh, Mm -hmm. books Mm -hmm. on uh, DK and stuff like that. I was Mm going to use uh, one of those metal probes. Mm-hmm. like plumbers used to find sewer lines and stuff oh yeah mm-hmm. i was going to pick that down and then sniff of it when i pulled it back out to see if i could detect the mm-hmm. decaying flesh or what mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. but uh in the in the aftermath of us kind of messing with this thing we didn't dig it up but we uh probed around and we dug a little bit and you know to see how loose the dirt was what have you we had some strange occurrences in that area Uh, immediately after that we were camping uh, uh, uh probably less than a mile away and that night we were inundated with orbs um and and one of them was kind of scary because it was on the ground coming towards us i don't know what orbs are what they mean but uh i've had about i don't know maybe uh five or six situations now where I've been in an area where Bigfoot uh, have, was suspected to be and we um, we are you know, inundated with these orbs, we had these things coming down the hill behind us that night and you could yeah. see uh, as they passed in front of a tree, you could see the light reflecting off the tree. As they passed behind a tree, you could see uh, it blink out for a minute. Um, the one that uh, uh, that Worried us the most was a red one about the side, and it was coming up the road towards us. And and uh, without getting too too uh, uh, long story, uh, we had um, we were in an area with no cell coverage. I knew about four miles away on a on a top of hill I had cell uh, coverage. So my nephew and I we went up to that uh, point. Uh, we both had our vehicles full. Uh, so we couldn't both ride in the same vehicle. Uh, so we took both of our vehicles up there. And uh, I placed a call to Eden to let her know where we was at and what was going on. And while we were, uh, we had her on the speakerphone. And my nephew was standing beside my truck. And we were both talking to her. And he looked behind my truck. And this red orb was coming up the road about a foot or two off the ground.
0: Uh-oh. What happened?
1: Experienced some bad Wi-Fi service. Yep. But that's we pretty interesting told. about about the Wi about the uh, orbs. It right. is. It very, is very very interesting. It's kind of creepy, but um, some of the things that uh, Mark was was talking about, uh, I've also learned. And heard, here he is back here. There he is.
4: There we yeah, go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. My signal dropped and I mm-hmm. lost it. But anyway, um, we both got spooked when we saw that red orb. I saw it out uh, of my rearview mirror, and he was looking at it. He says, "Let's get out of here." So we did. Um, we had uh, we w- had intended to um, sleep in a tent that night, but we decided both of us to sleep in our pickups. And um, I was awake most of the night. I had the window crack listening and looking. Uh, we weren't smart enough to leave. You know, we we stuck it out. But um, I kind of took that as a maybe a warning to leave the grave alone. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back looking for it here uh, recently, and I couldn't find it. I don't know if it got moved or or I just was looking in the wrong direction. But I honestly believe
0: they they buried their dead. I mean, that is a good question. I mean, that's always been a question. And I never had an answer. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought they probably did. Uh, I know that allegedly, uh, I know they do bleed. I know that they do die uh, from being shot. I know they carried their wounded and dead off. So, yes, they must do something with them. So, yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Val.
1: Well, I've heard I've heard the same thing. The only difference is I've heard that uh, they bury them underneath trees. Uh, I even got a, I had a report of what they thought was a Bigfoot funeral, and they seen weeping by a crowd of um, individuals, and they believe that that funeral was or that gathering was ceremony was about a infant that they had lost and they had in that case dug a, a deep pit and then piled it with rocks as you, as you mentioned mark so there's some parallel interesting parallels between what you what you said and and what i found you know in that in that area so
4: I found a uh, series of structures one time in the same general area where this uh, grave uh, grave we found. Um, This um, took up about two acres, and I can only describe it as a cathedral. Uh, Most of the uh, structures were um, trees bent over and intertwined with each other. And when I walked into it, it was like walking into a church. That was the feeling that I had it was uh, kind of overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. It was very significant. Mm-hmm. Parts of it is still standing today, five years later. Um, um, I took uh, Eden there not too long ago and uh, showed it to her. Some of the uh, uh, the lacing and stuff where the trees were, um, I mean, this area has had several storms and uh, high winds and stuff, and which has taken some of it down. Some of the um, uh, freestanding structures are no longer there. You know, they mm-hmm. they fell over and rotted, what have you. But um, I just I often wondered if this wasn't uh, either a, a sign of celebration or grievance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some something significant like a, a death of a, a infant or possibly um, they they have um, alpha males, but they also have alpha females. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. S- somebody exactly. of significance in the plan, you know, mm-hmm. may have passed away and they built this memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, But it, it was just amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And the photographs don't do it justice, you know. No. Uh, uh, you can only take a picture of one structure at a time, but you can't take in two acres of this stuff mm-hmm. like you do when you're standing underneath it, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. MK uh, was on earlier and he was, he was, uh, mentioning the same thing that so many times we take videos and pictures of something, but when it's and, and when it's published, uh, it's not exactly what our eyes seen. We know in our mind what we've seen and and uh, it was a whole lot better than what the uh, magics of uh, pictures and photographs can do for it and stuff. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You no. Know, um, it's very interesting. What do you think, Chris? I, yeah. uh, I I I totally agree with them. <laughs> I mean, once again,
0: it's it's the same thing uh, from different areas of the country, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're we're hearing the same reports, but from different people. Uh, we're getting new information. Uh, that hopefully that will help you out during your investigations with, you know, and different opinions. So when you're out there in the woods, boots on the ground, I mean, look for stuff like this. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you see a bunch of rocks laying down, I mean, I wouldn't dig it up. Mm -hmm. I'd be afraid. But, you know, that may be something there. Yes, I would assume. I mean, you're not going to find a bunch of rocks, you know, unless it's a creek. you know. I mean, bike.
1: used to do that when people die but as 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 food for another day and another talk there is an uncanny um curiosity as to why what fetish what unhealthy reason would a bigfoot sasquatch have in digging up human remains human bodies in the cemetery I heard and that. they had, they they have a propensity to do this kind of stuff they sniff the ground uh and and by the way there's 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 dogs cadaver dogs that are used to smell um uh decayed body underneath the ground as well as underneath the water there's also instruments as you as you said mark that that, that probe and smell and sniff and stuff but, uh, you know, it's, it's beyond me that I see these reports of Sasquatch uh, hanging around cemeteries with their nose to the ground and digging. Some of them, in some cases, there was a report, there was a video on, on the YouTube for a long time. I mean, it was there in plain black or plain color view for everybody to see. It was a juvenile Sasquatch going, going to town, hauling the mail, just digging that digging that uh, that grave up and it was on video and it was taken down two or three times and brought back up again whoever took the video um maybe got a lot of maybe got the word to take the video down but it was taken down a couple times but it you know it wasn't a monkey and it wasn't a bear and it wasn't a dog digging it was a sasquatch for sure
4: we have a couple of cemeteries in uh, Louisiana that we camp at, um, mm-hmm. and all I can say is it's it's high, strange, high mm-hmm. strangeness high exactly. strangeness. Um, one of them that we've camped at several times. We first uh, we were camping about a quarter mile away, and we observed uh, this light display over the top of this cemetery. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it is, uh, you know, it, but it was, it was very weird. Uh, there was no light sources in that part of the country that it could have came from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we observed that, um, twice on two different occasions. And there was, um, probably at least, uh, four or five of us in the group each time we observed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, um, Maybe it's some kind of earth energy, um, um, you know, electromagnetism and and uh, photons, and you know, I mm-hmm. have no idea what it was. I mm-hmm. all I can all I can say is I saw it, and I'm here to report it. Mm-hmm. But um, we have we camp in those uh, cemeteries because of the vocalizations and all the um, uh, interactions that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, I caught uh, one on thermal one time uh, near one of the cemeteries. The second cemetery we just recently started camping at because, well, we really haven't spent the night there yet. We've uh, spent a few hours, but uh, we're interested in it because all the vocalizations is coming from that uh, area. Mm -hmm. But uh, they they do seem to have um, some attraction to cemeteries. I'm not sure why, but we we just uh, we've noted that and observed it. It's creepy. yeah, I don't uh, uh, pretend to be an expert on any of this. I'm just an observer. I, mm-hmm. I consider myself a hobbyist, mm-hmm. uh, an enthusiast. Um, as I said at the beginning of this uh, uh, podcast, uh, I became interested in it after my daughter had that uh, face-to-face with one and I'm just curious as to what's in the forest that, you know, when we go camping and, and, uh, and go enjoy the outdoors, what's out there with us, mm-hmm. you know, is there a threat? Uh, is there something we need to be concerned about? Mm-hmm. Um, I've just recently started wrapping my head around this dog man situation. Um, and it kind of like, uh, Bigfoot has been in the past. There's just too many stories and too many encounters to completely ignore. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't had any experiences, but, um, I'm just becoming more cautious, Mm -hmm. uh, of the threat as I Mm -hmm. go into the woods. You know, Mm -hmm. I think all of my encounters thus far have been Bigfoot related. I don't think I've experienced anything else from any other type of entity. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, while I'm thinking of it, um, the structure that I mentioned earlier that was built beside my pickup while I was away from my pickup. Mm-hmm. that was an X structure. It, uh, it had another supporting member holding it up, but it was basically an X structure. Um, that was uh, the second time that a structure had been built while I was in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other time was I, I was going down this logging road and there were structures in the area and I was stopping and photographing them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I probably took pictures of three or four of them and, um, um, I went down this road and I was very observant because I had seen a couple, stopped and took pictures of them. And I got down as far as I could go and I had to turn around. And um, on the way back out, there was a structure that wasn't there beside the road when I went down. And I got out to look at it and started to take pictures of it. And I noticed a 22-inch footprint. And I did have a tape measure on me and I did measure it. Uh, but there was a fresh footprint in the soft dirt at the uh, bar ditch. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then as I'm bending over looking at this thing, a cold chill went up my back and I couldn't get to my truck fast enough to get out of there. I just, just sudden fear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had casting material with me. My first thought was to cast it. My, you know, first thing I did was measure it to, it was, um, 22 inches and a little over 10 inches wide at the ball of the foot, but uh, I just, uh, there's been a few occasions like that where fear would overcome me, and I would just get out of there as fast as I could, and that was one of those cases. I kind of suspect that might have been the same individual that pushed those eight trees over that time, because it was in the same general area. At 22 inches, that would probably put him up there, what, around 12 foot tall or so?
1: Yes, exactly. I, I was just looking myself, and um, the formula for that is is 22 inches multiply by 6.5. You take your answer and divide that by 12 inches, 12 inches to a foot, and it comes out to 11.99 something, something, something. You know, Val's hungry. It's time to go, kind of. Thing. But uh, yeah, twelve foot. Uh, earlier, MK was talking about that that big boy that stepped in the in this in the middle of uh, black and white uh, Bigfoot in the middle of a kerfuffle. He 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 says that he estimated that to be around twelve foot. That's pretty big. Yeah, I do I mean, about I remember, you. I yeah.
4: remember seeing that video, and yeah. uh, the two that were um, uh, tussling were big enough. Mm-hmm. Probably in the neighborhood of eight foot, but when that mm-hmm. third one came onto the
0: scene, he was
4: a giant.
1: Yeah, he was. This is a this is a seven foot basement. This is pretty deep Michigan basement. Seven foot, no stooping or anything. It's deep. I can't imagine twelve foot. Twelve foot is 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 Jello legs. Loose bowels and leaky bladders—that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, it's it's huge. I, I can't even be, imagine
0: being touched by one, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on, you know. But if I thank Mister ever... Daniels um, for coming on the show. I mean, yeah. interesting. You know, thank you very much. Outstanding.
4: You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, anytime.
4: That's for sure. Sorry, sorry about the technical difficulty. I'm um, kind of out in the country, and I've got a weak signal. Some of y'all's uh, dialogue was a little bit garbled, but I picked up enough of it to so, know what she's talking about. So,
0: no, it was great, wasn't it, Val? I think Val froze on us. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he hear that, that, or he yeah. went to dinner on us.
4: He, uh, he hasn't moved for a while, so I think he, he may have fell asleep.
0: It, yeah, he probably has. He said he was getting <laughs> hungry, but I thank you, Mr. Daniels. Take care, okay. and we'll see you All again. Right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you. All Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Throwing the bones and ran the cage with Grizzly and Gumshoe Bound. So, yes, Missy Exister Johnny Half. Boy, I tell you, when are we are going to have some fun, you know, every night when we're live here? You know, what's going to happen? Shake, rattle, and roll? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. What a show we had tonight. Boy, I love it. I love it.
2: Yes.
0: 12 feet, 3.7 meters. Jeez, no. thats I'm a midget. Oh, my God, Missy. Yes. I know, right? Can you imagine being touched by one? No, thank you. I couldn't do it. Absolutely not, Crazy Witch. That's what I'm saying. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we got another show coming up at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah. It's going to be deep. We're going to get into it. But this is live, Coast to Coast, Around the world, God bless you all. Y'all have a good night. I guess Val's gone for the night. Oh, there's Val. There he is. Hey Val, what's happening, baby?
1: Hey, it's been a wonderful, great show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good gas good talk. Let me shout out to Bob Daigle, Michigan. My good friend right. Bob Daigle. Yeah. Give that shout out. But anyways, Chris, I love you, brother. I mean, peace. Have That's fun. Right. Enjoy. All right, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Everybody take care. We'll talk to you. Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: All right. Rock it on. Bye, Denise. Bye, Johnny. Bye, Crazy Witch. Take care, everybody. Until next Sunday, we'll see you. Peace.